All right, Rich Casanova here once again in our Buckhead studio for the Pro Business Channel. We're excited to announce a new show we're bringing to our platform called the Author Talk Show. So uh, looking forward to lots of conversations with authors uh, and uh, industry experts, authorities in this space that are also helping authors in that journey. And speaking of that, I have two great guests uh, coming up in this episode. Uh, one, we're going to be hearing from the new CEO of BookLogix, which is a homegrown uh, Atlanta-based uh, company that helps, obviously, uh, people that are looking to publish a book, the, the entire process will be uh, doing a deep dive on that as uh, representing the book publishing industry. And then also, speaking of authors um, and book publishing, we have um, a friend that I've met a while back and joining us now for the first time in the studio, and an actual publisher, and uh, four books under his belt working on his fifth. So um, look forward to this episode of the Author Talk Show. Thank you for joining us on the Author Talk Show for deep dive conversations with today's most brilliant authors as they share their story in a way you've never heard before. This episode was made possible in part by your friends at BookLogix, the people who help write, publish, and market your next book. Visit them at BookLogix.com. Here's your host, Rich Casanova. All right, so as I mentioned, we have two rock stars here in the studio representing the uh, publishing division, uh, helping authors bring their idea, their concept uh, to the marketplace and uh, from all aspects. We're going to be uh, speaking with uh, Angela DeCaris just in a moment, but uh, first, let's um, introduce our second guest who will be joining us in our next segment, uh, Robert Evans Wilson, Jr. So, Rob, give us your best um, uh, teaser for our audience for our next segment. Well, Rich, thank you for having me on the show. And my best teaser, how about this? Uh, innovation isn't just for big companies anymore. It's for everybody. And I, what I like to do is help people rediscover their secret power and also introduce them to the innovator's lifestyle so that they can get more out of their business and more out of their life. That's You had that one locked and loaded, ready to go. You've done that before. That's an excellent teaser. You win the award for best teaser of the day, right? Uh, I should have mentioned also you're a speaker, so I think we heard that in your voice. Yeah, very polished. So I might look for some coaching after, after, the, after this episode, right? All right, so um, Rob, look forward to that conversation. Uh, Angela, it's our pleasure to welcome you here to the studio with BookLogix. We've been having a, a series of conversations with you. We're in, I've been intrigued, as most people have this idea, right, of That's a book right, is, yeah. is in their future, right? Right? And they need to put it on paper, and that's where you come in. So uh, before we jump into uh, your day job and book logics and so forth, so let's talk a little bit about you know your background uh, prior to this. Uh, so you've been uh, you've quite experienced in public relations, writing, broadcasting, journalism. Um, uh, we may need we may have a spot for you here as well, right? <laughs> this could be your other part time job right you in the studio, know. right? Yeah, yeah. So a number of years as a TV news producer and news writer in New York, uh, also followed by public relations work, health systems both in Florida and New York, mm -hmm. uh, holds a degree in communications journalism from St. Jo John Fisher College. Um, so welcome to Author Talk Show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to be here. Absolutely. So uh, before we jump into the subject matter, so what out of that background did you kind of have a flashback uh, to or, <laughs> right? <laughs> Definitely the broadcasting days. It's nice to be in front of a you know, microphone and yeah. equipment again, although I was behind the scenes. Okay. Um, kind of running the show. So, right. so yeah. So it is, it is um, when I'm a guest on a show, it is, it's a different kind of persona and yeah. it can throw you off what a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's nice. It's nice to be here. Well, welcome. So, Book Logics, and that's spelled with a 
an X. It X throws folks end, off a right? little bit, but yeah, B-O-O-K-L-O-G-I-X. It makes it unique. So, mm-hmm. And we have an exciting announcement that you just uh, stepped up this year in a new position. But before we do that, for folks that haven't heard about BookLogics, give us your best elevator pitch on that. Well, BookLogics is a non-traditional book publisher. We work with folks from all different backgrounds. You know, you don't have to consider yourself an author to come and work with us and have us help you do your book. Uh, we can help you write the book, we edit the book, we design it, we print it, turn it into an ebook, do your marketing, your selling, anything and everything that you might need. Um, and it's very much plug and play in your process. So you may not use all of our services or you might need assistance from us in all areas, but we're really flexible and help you regardless of what you need. It is that uh, true definition of a one-stop shop, and it's kind of a la carte as well, right? It is, absolutely. We don't have preset packages. A okay. lot of folks get thrown off that yeah. we don't have a package because they're used to other providers having you know, a website with choose this package and you must get these services. Each author is different. Every book project is different. What one needs, the other doesn't necessarily need. So everything we do is, is customized to you and your project, your book. Okay, and as we mentioned, um, you uh, ha- uh, con- we have a congratulations in order here for you <laughs> yeah, for thank this year. You. Thank you. So, uh, Book Logics began about seven years ago. Well, right? I've been with Book Oh, you've been with seven them for seven years. years. Yeah, s- Book Logics started in 2009. Okay. Um, and we are based in Alpharetta. Right, which so. is a suburb of uh, the greater metropolitan Atlanta area. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so seven years, you've been with them seven years. So yep. this year, um, you were um, invited to step up and take on the responsibilities and wear the T-shirt yeah, as a CEO. I was. It's very <laughs> exciting. Um, I'm very passionate about BookLogics. What we do helping writers is almost an obsession for me. Um, so I'm so excited to take over this year as CEO and, and really help to grow and evolve book logics and, and do everything we can to help writers. Okay. So I ask you a dumb question. Have, uh, have you already written a book or how many books? Are <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, I, um, I ghostwrite. Okay. So I have ghostwritten nice. two books now. Wow. Um, one has been published. One is going to be published soon, um, which I love doing. And it's, it's challenging. It's challenging to turn off my own author voice and right. write as somebody else. Uh, but I love doing it because some folks are, they're just not comfortable writing. They, they have valuable stories to share. They have a message. Uh, they have all those ideas in their head, but they struggle to actually put it down on paper. So what I do is I work with them, pull that stuff out of their head, pull that meat, and you know, right. um, and and really help them turn it into a book. And I know you can't uh, divulge the book titles, but <laughs> <laughs> right, because that would defeat the purpose. It way, would, right? it would. <laughs> yeah. But what was the subject matter? Or, uh, yeah. um, so both were nonfiction books. Okay. Um, one was I'll just say an entrepreneurship book. Okay. Um, advice for entrepreneurs. That sounds great. The other one um, is um, it's it's a business book, a little bit of of kind of a memoir. So the author we used kind of examples from the author's career and life to kind of give advice to folks who want to move up in the business world. Um, and with both uh, folks, they do public speaking, um, and that's their, their passion and their focus. So they, you know, enlisted Book Logics to help them to actually create their book. Looks like Nick has a question here. Yeah, oh, sure, yeah. yeah uh, it, it's just amazing to me that the company has been around since 2009, mm-hmm. and then you were there in 2011, and here we are in 2018, and you're the CEO. Can you talk about how I mean, you've seen a lot of change. It's got to be amazing for you. It's been incredible. Um, The publishing industry, I mean, almost daily, something has changed or evolved. So for me personally, it's really about keeping up with all of that. You know, what are the trends? What's the latest technology? Um, What can authors do to get their book out there? I mean, especially when it comes to book marketing, 
I mean, like I said, it's a daily thing that the industry is evolving. There's new ways for authors to promote their books, new technology, um, you know, the digital printing ebooks. Some of that has been crazy to see the evolution. But the great thing is for anybody looking to do a book, it's really made it so much easier, so much more cost effective speeds up the process but that also can make it overwhelming there's more choices and options and challenges than ever before too so we really help authors to kind of filter through all that and guide them step by step through the process um so you mentioned uh the the couple of books that you've been involved in ghostwriting were uh, nonfiction. Mm-hmm. uh what is the percentage uh ballpark of fiction versus nonfiction? For book logics itself, yeah. I would say it's probably it varies year to year. I would say probably sixty percent nonfiction that we do, forty percent fiction. Okay. A bulk of the fiction uh, tends to be children's books. Right, that's, that's a very hot genre it is very right now, big time, right? Yeah, really is children's books. Uh, you know, and it's it's awesome. I love working with with folks doing a children's book, but it's also a very tough genre to sell in once your book is out. There's yeah. a lot of competition with children's books. <laughs> it feels like that's a book I could write, right? Because it's mostly. <laughs> Just like a, a bunch of pictures and a few words. Like Jimmy, I think it's not yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, Jimmy Fallon wrote a book, and uh, he, uh, like he said, it's the only words in there is like Dada or something like that. It's just mostly all pictures, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's fun. I mean, people people do get. I mean, a lot of celebrities have kind of put their toe in that, yeah. tap their toe in that water, and it's a. Um, uh, it's something that you know. Who who wouldn't like like a? Uh, I and mean, we all have that children's book that we remember as as a kid, oh, sure, yeah. right? And um, it's just it's that lifelong experience that you kind of can draw on. All right, so um, so what what uh, who are some competitors in this space, or how do you guys um, where do you guys fit? And I mean, you mentioned um, digital publishing, mm-hmm. so you're in that space as well, right? So you can offer part of that, again, that full service, right? Yeah, absolutely. Some of our authors um, will want to release their book in all formats, paperback, hardcover, ebook, yeah. audiobook, and we can help with all those. The Other audio folks, as well? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Other folks know they only want to do an ebook or they only want to do a hardcover. Um, and so a lot of times we take a look at the genre of the book. It makes more sense to do one format than another, depending on the genre. Romance, for example. I mean, you can almost not even bother with a print physical book for yeah. romance that's primarily sells as ebook thriller mystery or the also. audio when they're like oh yeah, there you right go. now here we are yeah <laughs> yeah not my not one of I'll my recruit personal, robert uh, to do that one yeah yeah i don't read romance personally <laughs> yeah, right. but um so so we take a look at that with the author and figure out what makes sense yeah you know um it, it creates base i would say if anybody's heard of create space that would be essentially one right. of our competitors <clears throat> But we're very different in that we really like more of a personal hands-on approach. Um, A lot of the other providers, and there's nothing wrong with it, it's just how they do things. They have call centers, and you get a different person, and you don't know who's working on your book. You never get to literally speak to your editor. Right. With us, you work with our team hand-in-hand. You can, If you're in the Atlanta area, you can sit in in our office and work with the designer, work with your editor. So for authors that really are wanting more of that personal hands-on approach, if they really are looking for additional guidance, that's really what we offer compared to some of the other folks. Uh, man, I've, I'm filling up a whole page of questions here. Robert, hopefully we'll have time for you, whatever, right? <laughs> uh, we may need you to join in the conversation here in a minute, yeah. So I'm going to try to do these a little bit rapid fire, okay, sure. and we'll circle back around in the panel uh, segment as well. Yep. But um, I had an interesting thought when we were talking about uh, romance novels and so forth. Uh, I've always thought, you know, uh, I want to write that business book. I actually have mm-hmm. some working kind of concepts and so forth. We'll talk off air about that. But uh, when you mentioned romance, maybe, uh, Nick, I-, I just had an aha moment. Really, actually 
actually Casanova, Rich Casanova. Oh. You should be should riding, be riding, riding romance right? parts. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's time. It's time. You're in the wrong time. business. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, whatever. Yeah. Now it's called Pro Business uh, Romance or something. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, PBR. Yeah. So yeah, right. So what are your um, what are some of the challenges on both sides of the table, right? Uh, for you guys, this book logics because um, you know competitive space technology is changing. Not just the ebooks, but I mean bookstores are you know are hard to find in Buckhead. Uh, I go sometimes to the Barnes and Noble. I think it's probably one of the last Barnes and Noble standing, you know, in Atlanta. There <laughs> used to be Books of Millions, yeah, all the independent. Yeah. So I want to talk about the bookstore mm-hmm. place. But before we get into that, challenges on both sides of the table for for you guys as Book Logics and what's on the short list? The top three kind of reasons or challenges or barriers for people, you know, actually getting to sure. print. Well, I think our challenges almost overlap with our author's challenges, you know, getting the word out about a book. So there's at least 3,500 books released every single day. Every Um, day. Yeah, every day. It's crazy. Uh, You know, the self-publishing, the evolution of self-publishing and and the, you know, the programs and providers that are out there have just, there's been an explosion. So one of our challenges is when we are marketing a new title is getting the word out there. What's the best way, you know, trends and things. And so that's also a challenge that our authors share as well. Just literally a lot of folks think oh my book's on amazon i'm just gonna start selling like hotcakes yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's a couple other, other books, books yeah you know. plus the ones that are already in inventory yeah, yeah yeah so that can be overwhelming um you know challenges for us of course keeping up with technology and programs but also trends you know with uh, the look and feel of books not only from the physical materials but the design aspects has really evolved a lot too so just kind of staying on top of those things but for us it's very collaborative of working with the author and and, and looking at the trends you read my mind as you were speaking and writing down like um, what sells a book, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to give away too many of your trade secrets or whatever, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, um, but correct me if I'm wrong, it is the title and the cover. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, I've, I've talked to folks who are responsible for selecting books for bookstores, and sometimes they don't even read the interior of the book. If that yeah. cover and that title are compelling enough, they feel like a buyer is going to buy it. Wow. Um, really? Yeah, so it can make all the difference. Although I could talk for hours about bookstores. Um, unfortunately, bookstores, although every author, of course, it's the dream to have yeah, a book right? on a bookstore yeah. shelf, sometimes it doesn't make sense nowadays for authors when you look oh, at the, the numbers. Oh, the cost or whatever, yeah. I mean, we have authors that have sold 10,000 books on Amazon never worried about a physical book bookstore and, and then ended up getting a contract with a traditional publisher. So, you know, we take a look at your book and whether or not that process of being in a bookstore really even makes sense for you. Yeah. So the book I'm thinking of jumps right off the page is the four hour work week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, uh, as soon as you hear that, you're just captivated. Like what? Yeah. It's, you know, it, yeah. you got to pick that up the shelf. I mean, the first time I saw the Tim Ferriss, right? I mean, you just kind of strike a chord and people are intrigued. Like, you got to like find out what what's the deal with the how, what you know you can't even really um uh, wrap your head around what is he got? What's he talking about? A four yeah. hour work week, yeah. right? You mean there are people working more than four hours? <laughs> <in a week? laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of people out there I've heard about. Yeah, a um, couple last questions, and sure. we're going to pivot yeah. here and uh, bring you back in on the next segment here. So, um, uh, what's in your sweet spot of those fiction, nonfiction? Because uh, every brand has its kind of audience, whatever, right? Sure. So over the over those years, is there like a um, uh, 
people that kind of migrate towards you mm-hmm. towards you guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, although we work with all genres, sure. um, I would say business books especially. We work with a lot of business professionals, um, lawyers, public speakers, um, you know, all kinds of folks from different backgrounds. Um, and then I would say children's books is another one. We do yeah. a lot of that. And also memoir. We work okay. with a lot of folks that, and maybe they're not even, their goal is not even to sell the book. They just want to share their story, leave it behind for family. So I would say, like I said, although we do all the genres, those are probably some of our top ones. Okay, I got a half dozen other questions, but I'm going to hold those for our open panel here because otherwise Robert's like, hello, right? Um, so, Angela, so how would uh, how would people find out about uh, BookLogix? They can go to BookLogix, B-O-O-K-L-O-G-I-X.com. Awesome. Easy enough. And we'll post that as well as all of your social media handles. There looks Excellent. like they're all BookLogix as well. Um, all right, so... Um, Hold tight. Maybe make a couple of notes uh, you might have for uh, for Rob in our next section here. Uh, we'll open it up. But first, um, uh, so Rob, as we mentioned, and as you heard, he's not only a, an author, a four-time author, but also a speaker, uh, seminars, coaching, uh, copywriting. Uh, you've had a very uh, illustrious career and background here. We, you mentioned about uh, content and innovation. Innovation is like, um, in business specifically, You've got to be aware of that because otherwise you're going to be left behind, disrupted, and right. You just and it's happening uh, in real time. Well, you've heard the term creative destruction before. It was a term uh, coined by Joseph Schumpeter back in the 1940s, and basically what he was saying with that term was that you know the new technology is going to make old technology obsolete. You know, obviously the the car made the horse and carriage obsolete, and we see this all the time in front of us constantly going on. And so creative destruction is like a steamroller without a driver heading right towards your business, and there's nothing you can do about it. You you can prepare, but there's nothing – you don't know where they're going to hit you and how. It it may not be your primary business. It may be there's a shift in the change of marketing, or there may be some other type of shift in some demographic of your customer. You never really know how it's going to hit you, and you just have to be prepared by being open to change. You have to always be flexible and being learning to be adaptable and, and learning to uh, – and so this is what I like to do is teach people how to be prepared uh, not just for creative destruction, but for formulating new ideas for their company, for uh, solving problems faster, for recognizing opportunities, and dealing with change easier. Because, you know, people don't like to change. Oh, yeah, they're going <laughs> to resist that as much as they possibly can. Great quote I love about change says, um, change is good. You first. I'll watch you, and if you don't die, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> so, look, so you mentioned before that you've written four books, and I'm working on a fifth. It looks like you have a variety of different topics that you work with. It looks like you have an uh, inspirational book, Wisdom in the Weirdest Places. <laughs> Can you good. talk about that just a little bit? Well, you know, it's funny. Yeah, I, I have such a disparate variety of books. I have a humor book. I have a children's book. I have an, a, a, a mystery novel, and I have... Um, the Wisdom in the Weirdest Places, which is a, a collection of inspirational stories from my uh, internationally syndicated column, uh, The Uncomfort Zone. And basically, it has stories about how to motivate yourself or motivate others, which is kind of a leadership thing. Right. So, uh, and of course, other things slip in there too. I, I, 
you know, but it's mostly that. That's that's primarily the book, and there's um, you know quite a few different stories. You can open it anywhere, and, and you know uh, you don't have to read it straight through. It's like you can just pick. You can jump in and jump out. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's that kind of a book. That's so very interesting. Yeah. And the the fifth book is is my book on innovation, which is I was uh, uh, <laughs> talking with Angela earlier. It's hopefully uh, will be completed soon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned or whatever. Yeah. Um, so um, so during that during the writing, what was the idea of how long did it take you? I guess for your first book, because that's the you know the challenge, right? <laughs> getting it getting it on paper, right? <laughs> well, this is my first book right here. Off oh, really? the wall, the oh, best okay. graffiti off the walls of America, and that book took fifteen years. But yeah. it all started. Okay, it started with a prank in college. Right. Um, I was coming out of a classroom. Uh, I went to Georgia State University downtown, and I was coming out of one of the one of my classrooms, and I see a friend of mine at the other end of the hallway working with one of those old-fashioned pistol grip label makers. And so I walked up to him, and I said, hey, Ken, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm, I'm doing some work for the dean. I'm putting the room numbers up on the doors in Braille so that the blind students can find their classrooms. Well, Okay, when I was at Georgia State back in the uh, back in the day, 19- yeah, <clears throat> uh, there were a number of blind students on campus, and I'd gotten to know a few of them. And so as I'm watching him, well, all I got to say is the devil got into me, and I said, uh, "Ken, does does that label maker just do numbers, or does it do the whole alphabet?" He goes, "Oh, oh yeah, it does the whole alphabet." I said, "Good, let's take that over to the student center men's room. Let's put some graffiti <laughs> up in Braille." No, great. And so we did. And then the next day, we made a point. Of running into some of our blind friends and saying, "Hey, Jimmy, have you been keeping up with that graffiti they're putting up in the student center men's room?" Well, Jimmy gets this really annoyed look on his face and goes, "Robert, why are you asking me that? You know I can't see that stuff." And I said, "Well, next time you're in there, just feel above the toilet paper dispenser." <laughs> well, he did, and within 48 hours, every blind student on campus had heard about it, and they were after us oh, no. to put up some more. They said, "This stuff is great," so you. You know, we weren't intending to become the PC graffiti artist of Georgia State <laughs> University, but now we felt obligated to find some more. So for inspiration, we hit the bars. And then one night, we went to Moe's and Joe's, where I don't think, at least back then, it was 50 years old at the time, and they had never painted over the graffiti. And we just kept finding more and more stuff to take back to school with us, and we filled up two pages of graffiti. And, 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 and two pitchers of beer later, we look at this and we go, you know... We should just keep collecting this stuff until we find enough for a book. <laughs> so the beer talking, actually, uh, I thought it was such a great idea after I sobered up. Right. right. <laughs> that 15 years later, we had enough material. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is not only a great story, but it pivots right into a note. Um, so apparently, you're in addition to telling that story, and as a speaker, you've traveled around the world. Um, it looks like, do you actually write stories also for speeches for other uh, uh, uh Speakers? I have coached people in okay. how to create their own speeches, and okay. uh, you know, but I don't write it. Uh, what I do is I help them write it because you know it's their stories. I help them, you know, actually tell stories more than try to get up there and just recite facts. Yeah, um, and so uh, this next book, I guess, you know, it seems you're passionate about it. The innovation. Um, what are some challenges people have in? Um, bringing on innovation? What are some of the barriers or the stopgaps or, you know, uh, right? 
Well, there's a, you know, there's a number of things you really kind of need to be comfortable with to be an innovator. And like I'd mentioned before, you have to be comfortable with change, which basically means you have to be comfortable with risk. Right. And so one of the things I teach people do is, is how to get comfortable with risk by taking some baby steps. Now, you, you have to understand first what a risk is. A risk is all about uh, losing something. There has to be something that can be lost uh, in order for something to be a risk. And so what I do is I teach people how to take some relatively non-consequential risks so that they can start to begin to get comfortable. I think, Nick, you had a question about um, you're looking at a book potentially writing, right? Yeah, it's something I'm, I'm thinking about. You know, I'm okay. obviously in the early processes of figuring out what that would be about. Uh, but just, I guess, what would be advice for, I guess both of you guys could pitch in on this, but for young people or people uh, who haven't really done much or haven't been around in the world that long, like <laughs> what could they write about? You know, where do you find your passion? Well, what are you passionate about? That's what, what will guide you. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm passionate a lot about sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have a lot of different passions. I like to write, uh, but sports is kind of uh, where I have a lot of uh, passion, I guess. Well, I would recommend setting aside an hour every day where you sit down and you commit that to writing and probably usually needs to be done first thing in the day or you'll never get around to it. Right. There's always things that get in the way of writing if you don't uh, schedule it really first, first of everything you do, and then just experiment. Write and write and write, and don't worry about whether it's any good or not. And the more you write, the better you get, and you'll also help stimulate ideas, because that's one of the things I do to teach people how to stimulate uh, creative thinking on demand, is I, I will say, well, usually, mostly, let's, let's talk about what innovation is more than anything else. Innovation is really all about solving problems. Okay, and so if you set out, you know, um, to solve a particular problem in your company, for right. example, uh, I'll, I'll use a, a general example of people are like maybe worried. Oh, I don't have enough clients, and I, if I don't get enough clients, I can't stay in business. And you know, how do you go about doing this? Well, one of the first things I do is I teach them what I call an innovation tool, okay. and I like to say, okay, well, you know, why don't you ask yourself what would you do if the opposite were true? Uh, for example, what would you do if you had more clients than you knew what to do with? But the, really, <laughs> buy, go buy something. Yeah. And what this yeah, yeah. does, what this does, is it breaks you out of the rut of your thinking. Okay. Yeah. And because we get stuck, we also almost look like at blinders on. We can't really see past the way we've been looking at things forever. And so that's that's just a technique for uh, you know changing your perspective. But I, I like that because it's it's tangible, something people can kind of act on. Right. So I got a, a question for you, and uh, we're going to do a roundtable here, Nick, and I want to ask some more questions to Angela here as well. Um, and I want to ask you about jumpstart your meeting. But before we do that, uh, be, uh, how would pe- people find you online? Reach well, out to the you or easiest with you. way is to go to robwilsonspeaker.com okay. or. Google me by with my full name. If you put my middle name in there, Robert Evans Wilson Jr., <laughs> you'll find me that way. <laughs> there may be only two of those people uh, in in <laughs> in the U.S. Yeah. So um, and you can see his picture here on the website. So you get the right guy. Yeah. Um, okay. So Angela, I got some more questions for you. Yeah, but absolutely. first. Um, uh, jumpstart your meeting, Rob. What's that about? Well, that's the name I gave my uh, company as okay. a professional speaker. I okay. thought I thought it was really clever twenty years ago when I came up with <laughs> right, that. Exactly. I, thought, I think it still works today. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that, right? <laughs> you know. So yeah. yeah, the idea was that I'll come in and do this. Uh, you know. Uh, keynote speech is going to electrify your audience and Dang. just get them all motivated and ready to go. Yeah, I think I just got a, a shock on the microphone right here. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. 
<laughs> All right. So, um, so Angela, um, so we were picking up on the conversation about book logics, yeah. um, and I'm sure some of this conversation is striking a chord. Commonalities uh, with an author Rob was talking about. Well, when Nick was asking, you know, kind of a mentor from a mentor standpoint. So, what's on the short list when if Nick or myself or someone comes into Books Logic and say, okay, let's get this project started. Obviously, you have a workflow, mm-hmm. right? What does some of that look like? Well, really, it starts with a lot of discussion with an author, you know, goals. What are you trying to accomplish with this book? Who do you think your target audience is? Unfortunately, a lot of folks think their book is for everyone. And there's not a single book on the planet that every single person is going to want to read. So really honing in, working with the author to figure out who is this person? Are they young, old, male, female, you know, wealthy, poor, whatever the case may be? Um, And from there, you know, looking at the manuscript, editing it, does it deliver on that value proposition? Does it speak appropriately to the target audience? And kind of taking them through the whole publishing process. I think one thing that that folks wanting to write a book, and this may help you, Nick, is a lot of authors don't research the competition enough. I always tell folks, your book is like any other product. When Maytag wants to come out with a washing machine, what are they doing? They're looking at what GE's latest washing machine does. How quickly does it wash or dry or whatever the case may be. So really looking at other books that are out there. and, And trying to hone in on, okay, what is your book going to offer people that's truly different? Are you going to teach them something nobody else does or say something in a really unique way? And that a lot of times can help spark an idea for a book or help you really focus on the direction for your book. Really dovetails to what Robert was talking about. Robert was talking about um, innovation and to continue that washing machine analogy. Yeah. The first time I heard it's just still a fairly recent phenomenon where there's a machine that will wash and dry your clothes in the same yeah, that sounds Widget. wrong. It does, right? Does but you know, wrong? fold them. That's yeah, right. <laughs> that <laughs> fold them. Nice. Yeah, put it in the drawer. Put them away. <laughs> and, right, yeah. But like you were, uh, okay, I don't know about that, guys. But yeah, good luck on that one. Yeah. But the, um, but what we were talking about was um, uh, helping people through that process. Mm-hmm. There's so many moving parts to that, there right? There really are, yeah. So um, I don't know if this is a fair question, but w- w- is there a timetable that? Um, you know, you can expect or yeah, is typical? on average, or? once a book is written, if we've gotten through the writing process or an author comes to, with a, come to, a, comes to us with a written manuscript, it's usually a three to five month average time frame for doing all the publishing stuff. So the editing, cover design, interior design, proofing, converting to ebook, printing the books, you know, planning, marketing, listing it for sale. Now, marketing can start somewhere kind of in that three to five month range, right. but it should continue. A lot of folks don't understand that it really can take anywhere from 18 to 24 months to really build up enough buzz and attention for your book. You know, folks hear about some of those crazy big success stories, famous authors, and they think that stuff happens overnight. And it really doesn't. It can take a year and a half of you really pounding the pavement and and pushing this book out. And like you were saying, I mean, there's a lot of analogies to what we're doing in terms of podcasting, uh, creating content, mm-hmm. and a lot of the, some similar rules apply, right? Identify your audience. There's a great yeah. podcast that talks about find your avatar, right? Describe who is that person that's going to be listening to this show, right? So obviously we're on author talk show. If that's not in your wheelhouse, right, if you're all into coffee or landscaping or flying planes and you're not really thinking about reading a book uh, this year or uh, writing a book, right, we just did a show this morning about co-founders and startups, right? So it is, uh, you know, content right now, whether it's uh, digital, whether it's audio, video, or, you know, the printed copy, it really is because there's so much, I mean, uh, content's being created every day by the hour that you've got to find your niche, identify your audience, and and you know, find that lane, because yeah. uh, if you can just capture a small portion 
you know, the sky's the limit, right? Yeah, and it sounds scary. It sounds scary to narrow down that audience yeah, and really hone in on, on the tiniest group of people you can. But I promise you, everything that you do, every decision you make in the publishing process will be that much more effective when you've done that. Oh, that's so true. You know, mm-hmm. the it, refining your target audience. Yeah. And then you can also start building a platform, mm-hmm. you know, in the meantime, whether it's through your social media and finding people who fit that demographic yeah. or, or that, that target audience. Yeah, um, something you just said kind of triggered. I was thinking about um, how many people come to this idea, or have you had success stories on this this uh, premise of a franchise series of books, right? I mean, the iconic one is obviously Chicken Soup for the Soul, right? Yeah. And those are the exceptions. You know, it's it's hard to kind of strike that that goal, right? But but do you, would you coach someone? Just start out because the, the, the book uh, we're working on here at Provis's Channel, we're thinking on the onset. If we created the first version, we could create a series down the road if yeah. it's successful. Absolutely. Well, I think some of the challenges are not to wait too long in between books. A uh, lot yeah. of authors release that first book and it takes them. So it's no different than a music album. If a musician waits right. too long to release that next CD. Their audience has kind of moved on. Mm-hmm. I know, and Robin, your fo- four books, there's some commonality, but they're also very different, yeah, right? Yeah, they're very, very different. different right? I, w- I would encourage someone, if they're writing fiction, to try to write a series because that yeah. is a great way. You can market a series so much easier than you can market a single book. And you're going to get more interest from the movie industry because if, if the first one is a hit, they're right. going to want to have something than to come back to. And they're less likely to be interested in your book if it's not a series. Yeah. So, you know, be, writing a series is, uh, is j- from a marketing standpoint, is just a real smart move. Because um, we're and we probably need we're going to run out of time here. I'm, I have so much content here <laughs> to talk about. But uh, that series, this idea is we'll talk off air. But the, uh, one of the premises we've had several thousand people come through these doors and and hear their conversation, right? And as you can see all throughout our studio, our message, our mantra, our slogan is converting conversations to content. Right. So uh, one of my pet peeves, I go to events of seminars, events, and it's phenomenal. Listen to the speaker. But after it's over, it just vaporizes because no one captured it. Mm -hmm. So and um, so we have this idea of taking some of our best of podcasts, some of our shows our hosts, And uh, because we can transcribe them, some of our shows actually pay us and we actually transcribe uh, the, the, the podcast into written content. And then the sky's the limit how you can repurpose that, right? Definitely. And collaborative books are very popular now. So getting together with other experts in an You're area. You're reading my mind. How book. is this? What's, yeah. what, what app are you on? Cause, <laughs> yeah, cause, that's, that's becoming very popular. Because then you have that many more people with a stake in the book, and they help promote it. So it helps to kind of share the workload of marketing. Did you, did you talk to her about this ahead of time, whatever, Nick? I whatever. Did, yeah, Because <laughs> we have that. It's a, um, uh, actually, we have a couple books on our shelves. All the, all the books on the shelf over here have been authors been through the studio right um but we have this idea of a that series that franchise if you will but beginning with um the stories of uh 15 entrepreneurs right and each they each have a chapter in the book right yeah yeah i think it's great yeah that's 15 people that are out there spreading the word doing events and speaking and then putting on their social media so i I just need you to sign right here under this it's an informal contract or whatever yeah but uh, um all right so um uh okay speaking about uh, podcasting um so one of the ideas is taking a podcast and and we have some shows have been going on for quite some time, almost two years, like Franchise Business Radio. It's a specific show, specific industry, 
but she's a subject matter expert, one of three national trainers, and she's had name a franchise. She's had the founder, the CEO, all of the key principals in the studio over that course of time. We could take all of that. Sure. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. And just convert it into a book series. A lot of people turn blogs into books. Right, right. I mean, it's you've got the content already. Yeah. So there's nothing to really, you know, rewrite. Because Robert, you mentioned like um, this fifth book, you know, who knows when it's going to come out because that's the biggest challenge is when you start out without having something, you're just looking at a blank page. I mean, to me, that's just overwhelming and daunting, right? Yes or yes? Yes. Yeah, it definitely can be, especially if you're busy, you know, you're speaking, you're working, whatever. And that, that's part of the problem, you know, too, is, is making that time. And like, like I said to you, I should follow my own advice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I might get there a little we faster. Should, right? <laughs> and, uh, but uh, back to one thing you just said that, that, you know, made me think of is uh, you said it, it's like the, a blank slate and it's almost overwhelming. But I, that's actually the same thing that I, I talk with people about in innovation. I said when you're solving a problem, the best thing to do is to identify the problem as, as succinctly and accurately as you can. You know, write it down in one sentence or one paragraph. Now, you can do the same thing with your book. Write, you know, your, your basic, you know, concept. And, you know, that helps you get started because you have something to focus on. And then you can start building from there. Um, absolutely. So um, talk to us about, uh, in the final couple of minutes, we're already over time, but Angela, um, <laughs> you mentioned marketing a couple of times earlier on, yeah. and, and Rob as well. So I want to hear from both perspectives of how do you coach or what are some marketing uh, uh you know, vehicles for your clients. And Robert, what have you done to kind of market and promote your book? Because obviously the, the initial go-to is social media, but obviously yeah. there's other channels and other platforms. So talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I think I always tell authors you need to do social media. There's certain tactics in marketing I recommend to build your platform. Social media is one of them, but it really doesn't usually translate into book sales. So don't go crazy and think you have to do every single social media platform out there. Word of mouth really ultimately when it all comes down to it is what helps sell books. Building that kind of viral buzz that effect so if you're a speaker if you do a podcast or a blog or you know want to go talk to book clubs uh, anything that's going to generate that word of mouth is going to be helpful and it's going to take a combination of all different things there is no magic formula for marketing okay so robert what is the magic formula yeah. <laughs> well if you can if you can capture if you can capture your target audience uh, get, getting their email address email marketing yeah. is really the best way to go and you can do that through social media and do some you know facebook advertising you know do a giveaway uh, you know, uh, something like that in order to get their name and email address. And once you've done that, uh, you know, email is so much more effective than um, social media on its own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, so that's, a, that's, that's, to me, I mean, you know, I have a marketing background as well. So that's, that's what I would recommend. It's, uh, it's just the way to go. It's inexpensive. Yeah, but yeah. you've got to capture those names and you've got to find out a way to do that. And there's a number of ways you can do that. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great point. I'll definitely look into that. That makes a lot of sense. Angela, I just want to ask you one more yes. question about book logics. How, how does distribution work for um, selling someone's book? They've done the whole process. The, the book is written. What can you guys do to help distribute that book? Yeah, we sell our author's books in a number of ways. Amazon, obviously, is going to be the big one, right? <laughs> Love them or Who is that? I know, I know. Love them or start That startup, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are the number one seller of books. So I have some authors that we focus exclusively on Amazon. If you have your own website, we can do all the fulfillment for you from your website so you don't have okay. to run into the post office. Oh. Um, you know, e-books, are, we, we also sell through Barnes & Noble, so we submit books to the Barnes & Noble buyers to review. Now, not every book gets picked up for 
in-store. Some of them it's online only, but that's another great avenue. Uh, but a lot of our authors also, if you're a public speaker, sometimes that's the best way to sell your book. If, if a potential buyer hears you speak, it really like it, the message sinks in for them. They get connected to you in a way and they want to buy that book. So for some of our authors, that has been fantastic. And then a follow up on that conversation, and, right? And that's why I need to finish that book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that, uh, you speak, all, you know, around the country and so forth. And so when people, they hear uh, your keynote or a seminar or what have you, so they want a deeper dive. And so now, you know, the logical thing is the book Logical Logics. Now I just got it. Yeah. No. <laughs> is that they want to follow up and read uh, a little bit more, right? Well, that's the, you know, when, when the speaker's finished his presentation and people are excited about what he's had to say and they want to know more, that's when they're going to buy it most likely. You know, you can have it available online, but if you have it right there, yeah. you know, they're more likely to uh, go ahead and buy it. So that's uh, that's why speakers all want to have a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, and that actually dovetails right into it. my next note was about um, that's one of the perks or bonuses, not just side benefit for sometimes it is the intention when you write a book, yes or yes, your speaker fees go up, right? Because now you're introduced on stage as an author, best-selling author, uh, multiple books. Immediately, I mean, as you know, the first few words in the book, author or authority. Instant credibility. Yeah, right? it really is. <laughs> Game over, right? Yeah, it shows you're serious <laughs> enough to put it down on paper and sell it as a product. You know, it really does. It's a psychological thing. And probably, I'll make up a number, but probably only 3 to 5% of the people that have the intent actually, you know, get to the final mm-hmm. point process, right? It's a it's a, a massive undertaking, yeah, right? Yeah, um, Okay, so last two questions. We are officially over time, but that's okay. Um, Nick, are we okay to go over time? Sure. Okay. (laughs) He said it's okay. Just this once. Yeah. Uh, And uh, a shout out to Nick. I mean, uh, Nick Rodriguez here in the studio, uh, really, uh, uh, really kind of the driving force behind launching Author Talk Show. Show. Your thoughts so far? Uh, It's been great. I mean, this is the uh, pilot episode, and it's been great to have uh, you two talk about, you know, two different perspectives, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's been great just to hear what you guys have to say. So I appreciate you guys coming in. Thanks for having me. I concur. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, obviously our middle name is business. We are on the pro business channel. So not only writing our book and maybe helping some of our guests, you know, author their own book, partner with you guys, what have you, right? Maybe some coaching and some advice as well from speaking standpoint. A lot of them want to become speakers as well. But um, so from a business perspective, um, it really is that the that business card mm-hmm. and talk to you about the strategy. Cause, um, now with, with book logics and, and uh, publishing, um, it, it's not as, it's not anywhere near as expensive, no. you know, back in the day, it could cost quarters of millions of dollars, right. To, um, and now you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can order kind of on demand and order the quantity that they need, right. Yeah, and yeah. fairly minimal quantities. So, Rob, I don't know if you've used this strategy in marketing, but in some cases, it's, I mean, you handed me a book. As soon as you walked in, you gave me a copy of your book. It, beco- it can become, for a lot of business people, the intent is not really to make money off correct, selling the book, correct, right? Yeah. It's, it's well, their well, business card. Well, again, yeah. Yes uh, or yes? Very, yes, definitely, <laughs> yes. Um, well, but talk to me about how you have applied that, have seen other people leverage that, right? So, oh, absolutely. Like you, like you said, a lot of speakers, yeah. you know, have a book, and that's and they're the only ones selling it when they're out there. Yeah. You know, maybe they sell a few on Amazon, but primarily it's them pushing their books when they're selling, or maybe on their web, or when they're speaking, or often on their websites. I have, on average, and it probably two to three people contact me a month about wanting to write a book. I'm going to start sending them your way. Thank well, you. there you go. I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, just there's so awesome. many people, yeah. and. 
I give them advice on how to write, mm -hmm. but I can't give them a lot of advice on how to publish yeah. other than what I have done. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, we have authors that just hand their book out. Right. They, they don't even hardly sell any right. themselves. You know, it's selling on Amazon and things, maybe through stores. But the copies they have, it's just to give to people. Yeah. Here, here's a copy of my book. Well, a lot of speakers, that will be part of their fee that everybody yeah. gets a right, book. Right, right, yeah. yeah. And that's a win-win, right? Because mm -hmm. you've got paid to be there. You, you, you build that into the proposal, right? So you cover some of those hard costs. But then, voila, 30 people or 300 people get a copy and then that goes back to that grassroots or word of mouth, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, um, uh, I don't know if we run out of questions or time, but one, <laughs> one or the other, uh, we have another show coming up. So, uh, so we got to wrap things up. Uh, Angela, Rob, it's been our pleasure. One more time, how would folks fi uh, find out about you online and your services? For BookLogix, it's BookLogix, B-O-O-K-L-O-G-I-X.com. Well, thank you for having me on, Rich. And the easiest way to find me is my website, robwilsonspeaker.com. All right. On behalf of uh, the Pro Business Channel Networks, all of our syndicated platforms, Nick, our engineer, I'm Rich Casanova, your host for this episode of Author Talk Show. We'll see you next time.